Celia. The day is November 25th, 2020. Querida Celia, the day is oh god, December 20 23rd. Today's December 23rd. Happy Merry Christmas Eve Eve Eve. Right? So I graduate in one, two, three, four days. The day today is May 18th, 2021. The day is June 2nd, 2021. The day is February 15th and it is 1.43 a.m. I hope that when you listen to this, estoy super lista. Um, y va a ser muy divertido. Okay, that's all. Love you, bye. We're not even halfway done. That's okay. I don't mind. I don't mind taking it nice and slow. It'll be intro. It'll be like an intro camera, then that's it. That's all. That's all I get. A little taste. Yeah. <laughs> Should we move on to the next question? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I lost. Oh jeez. Um. Uh, if you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Oh no. I can go first. Yeah. I mean, either way, I'm gonna have to answer, and I, I. I this is kind of a cop-out answer though because I'm really grateful to be who I am like I was saying before and Mm -hmm. I think if I had been raised differently I might not be that person um like my parents are both Mexican immigrants Mm -hmm. they like I was born in the U.S. but I was very much so born into a Mexican bubble Mm -hmm. and that's how like I would always explain my childhood of like yeah we lived here and we were American but I would say growing up was more Mexican than American and we would go back to Mexico every summer Mm -hmm. and you know we were forced to speak Spanish at home that's why I didn't lose it (laughs) um and Spanish was my first language because my so I'm the youngest of four and my brother that I'm four years apart with Martin he's been on this podcast if you ever go back and uh listen to all the podcasts um (laughs) you don't have to but it would earn you some brownie points um (laughs) So my brother, Martin, he was going to elementary school in California and he comes back one day and he says, you know what? I don't want to speak Spanish anymore. Like, I want to be American. I all American boy, only English for me. Sorry. Um, y'all suck. So uh, only English. OK, I, I'm and gonna, I am I, going to stop you. I'm not done with the story. I know I'm going to stop you, though. And I'm just going to say my first day to school in kindergarten, I went to school. I came back home and I said, if you ever speak to me in Spanish again, I will never talk to you. I said it to my parents and they spoke to you me. You would Spanish. get along with my brother. You'd say that. I'm like, there's no freaking way. I said, I literally said the exact same thing. That is crazy. That is insane. And I, and I, I held it true. They spoke to me in Spanish. I would, I wouldn't respond for, for, and I lost my Spanish. So now, you know, that sucks, but you'll get it back. Yeah. If you hang out with me more, <laughs> but my parents, yeah. um, what they ended up doing my parents love them to that because they were like oh you don't want to speak spanish we're gonna move to mexico <laughs> so you don't have a choice yeah. you don't want to speak spanish because you're going to an american school right. well too damn bad buddy now we're moving yeah so they moved the entire family to mexico for a whole year and i had just been born mm-hmm. so little baby celia's along for the ride this is probably like 2000 mm-hmm. um because i was born in 1909 i'm assuming you were also born in 1909 yeah. oh, you're older than me <laughs> anyways um (laughs) this is so funny uh um so we moved to mexico and i was learning spanish 
and English at the same time because my mom was my preschool teacher so she like knew how to teach me um English um but because I was in Mexico I was constantly surrounded by you know people speaking Spanish and yeah my first language was Spanish but I learned both at the same time so now I have a cool little bilingual accent in, in both I guess but yeah that's a what, what was the question to that if I could change yeah I wouldn't I wouldn't change hours I, I think I mean this isn't like because of how I was raised but I, I think a lot of first gen um people can relate to this of the guilt that comes oh, with yeah. being first gen and feeling like you're always failing if you're not completely succeeding yeah. or like completely outdoing everybody else um like there's no good enough when you're yeah. first gen like either you're all in you're like valedictorian or you're a fucking failure yeah. and I, I think I hate that but I wouldn't say that my parents put that onto me I think it's just what comes of um then I, I wrote a poem about this as well it's just like when you know everything you know about how much shit your parents went through and how much your ancestors went through to like get you here and to like get you to be where you are yeah. you're like I can't fail like so many people sacrifice so much for me to be here whether they like you know meant to or not like sometimes you're forced to but like I, I feel like I owe them my success as a thank you yeah. and if I'm not successful then it's almost like everything that they did was a waste and I don't, I don't want to ever make them feel that way and you know, like if I could change that aspect of being first, because it, it also probably like leads to feelings of anxiety. And like, that might be why like so many of us have so many issues. No, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I agree with you on so many points. I'm going to actually continue that way. I don't forget what you said. Um, or also if we take a break, I'm going to forget. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's so true. And I don't think it's like, I, I don't think it's on purpose. Like you said, like my parents never put pressure on me to succeed. My dad had always said, you know, uh, and whatever you do, if you're a garbage man or if you're some top doctor. My dad's a garbage man. Right. Yeah. Well, there you go. He's like, just do the best you can. And he's like, I'll, I'll be proud of you as long as you're trying your best. I was not valedictorian. I was not anything special throughout either high school or college because uh, I was surviving. Like, you know. I don't know. And my stocking, I saw that you had <laughs> quite the accolades for your um, your college. For, for university, like, you know, it was better. But for high school, I, I I saw honors at some point, and uh, <laughs> I I did my uh, homework. <laughs> there's there's I mean for for university it was better, but but for high school, I mean I I you know I passed with through the skin of my teeth because I was like you know I was still recovering from the anxiety disorder and still learning about myself, and I was still going still having panic attacks in high school, and so um, much of my high school was like I just need to survive, I just need to get through this. Mm -hmm. And then I had, you know, I had um, basically someone who had raised, like raised me, uh, pass away when I was a junior uh, in high school. And I'm so, sorry. yeah, it was, it was really, I mean, honestly, I was out for like two months. I can't remember anything in those two months that after she had passed, uh, like it was just numb. Like it was the most in, like weirdest experience of my life. Cause it was just like there, it's like, it's completely dissociated for like two months, basically. Um. And so like most of my high school was just surviving. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't know what I wanted to become. I didn't have any confidence in my academic ability or my ability in like anything. And so I kind of went to university just like, I'll just get something that's like a nine to five and then just, you know, live life like a normal NPC, like just normal human being, just barely making it through because I didn't have any confidence in myself. And then um, I found something I loved in college 
you know, something that really made me excited, something that uh, I didn't know I would ever be able to do, which was science, um, specifically my field of science. And I, I just completely fell in love with the work that I was doing. And it was like, oh my God, this is something that I've, I'm actually capable of doing. Like, I'm not stupid, you know, like I'm not like an idiot. Like I, I thought I was. <laughs> um, and uh, I took I took off and ran with it. But yeah, um, I, you know, I, that pressure is there, you know? And I, I didn't really feel that pressure in high school, but I felt it in university. Um, and, you know, you've seen my, how did you go on my LinkedIn? Mm-hmm. Okay, so- so i don't go that deep yeah i, know, well, I was gonna you know you said you did your homework i just you know like look at all your instagram yeah. <laughs> i don't know but you'll see i worked i worked full-time through college i worked like three jobs um i uh, often i was full load so i was you know 18 units every quarter um i'd have my all my research that i that i did and i volunteered uh, you know i need to solve i took a year off to do volunteer work mm-hmm. and um and so I like that. Pressure. Wait, so you were supposed to be class of 21. I mean, yeah, yeah. My, I, I knew I was going to take off, take a year off when I started. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I was, I was supposed to be class of 21. Um, but that pressure's there, you know, my, my parents never gave it to me. Like it was just something that I knew that they had come in, they had my dad, you know, basically worked his ass to get whatever he had to provide for us. And I was like, um, you know, I didn't directly think, Oh, I'm going to, please my parents or I need to like do this for my parents but it was this fear of not being able to make something of myself when I know that they had tried so hard and done so well like to provide for me I wasn't going to let that go to waste but I didn't have the mentality until university because in high school I was just trying to live till the next day you know Um, yeah just trying to survive yeah and um so yeah that it's just really interesting that um i didn't i never thought of it as a first gen thing but now that you say it you know it makes a lot of sense well i i didn't think about it that way until i made that poem Mm -hmm. and it went super viral and a lot of people were like this puts into words something that i've never been able to say i'll show you the poem when we take a little break but it's i think you'll really like it and that that was when i i learned i was like oh like my words have a lot of power and i can say a lot of stories that a lot of people haven't said and i you know and sometimes can't say right they don't even know how to say it i mean it's also like very personal stories of Mm -hmm. you know like i mean i got no there's no shame in my game anymore but i'll post like videos of me crying and stuff and like i'll show how incredibly hard it is and like obviously when you're having like a panic or an anxiety attack like your first thought isn't like let me pick up the camera and i wouldn't do that but like there's so many different aspects that just go unsaid Mm -hmm. that I think we should be talked about more and especially like all of us first gen people like we almost need a support group you know like we we've been through some shit (laughs) um (laughs) to put it lightly like it's just and nobody else can relate to our experiences except each other you know and it's it's tough but and and you don't know until you talk about it with someone else and you're like we have the same experience (laughs) like it's really crazy it's it's the perspective is similar you have that like the opportunity to see through someone else's lens and you see your own life and you're like what yeah (laughs) you know it's like how yeah it also like makes things easier when you're like explaining to someone like oh no like I need to study like another four hours oh like this exam wasn't good enough like oh like I need to do this I need to do that like I need to be successful because some people could be like but you're already successful like why do you need more 
And I, I think that hunger and that drive comes from like, nothing will ever be good enough. Yeah. Like you could be the president of the United States and like, like, okay, what else? Yeah. You know? And it, like we've said, it's not something that somebody else puts onto us. And I actually did a, the first podcast that I was ever on was my friend Stephanie's podcast. And we talked all about this and how our experiences really build who we are yeah. and, you know, we're unique in our own ways, but mm -hmm. we're all so similar in that, that mindset that we have of like, we constantly need to go get more yeah. and we're never going to be satisfied with ourselves. And it fucking sucks. Yeah. Like yeah. the academic wanting academic validation. I, I said this in the last podcast, cause it was like, um, <laughs> if I could give advice to a younger version of me, I said, academic validation is one of the most toxic things to ever yes. exist. And that's not talked about. Yeah. But. Well, no, it's so funny you say, cause I, I saw this thing on college humor, which is like, you know, I really don't like them, but they're, they sometimes make me laugh. <laughs> um, and it was on like, you know, oh, so why are you becoming like a PhD? Like you, you, you know, you don't, you don't have validation from anywhere else. So you need to get, you need to get academic validation or something like that. I, I'm completely butchering it, but um, it was on that point where it's like, you not can get it from anywhere else. Mm -hmm. So like why go to grad school? Yeah, exactly. Like why even go to grad school is because you did, you know, no one said like you did a good job ever. <laughs> So yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I make him laugh, guys. This is a good sign. <laughs> so, you have a nice laugh. It's good. It's hearty. It's practice. I don't know if I would say hearty. You're not like a chili. A chili? Yeah. Like when I think hearty, I think like a chili, like you know, with beans and tomatoes. And mm -hmm. I don't know if I would a hearty laugh. Full of heart? No, yeah. Like it's like uh a, a, a motive. Sure. Okay. Emotive is better. It's an emotive laugh. It's an emotive laugh. I'll take it. All right. I'll take it. <laughs> Ridiculous. Right. So if you could change something about the way you were raised, then that was the question. I really, I almost sidestepped it. I, I tried really hard. <laughs> My computer's going to die. So you have to answer soon. Yeah. Um, I would, I mean, oh God, I apologize, parents. I, I honestly, I'm just going to say this just for my own guilt. Um, I They won't listen, I don't think. No, uh, maybe not. But, you know, I need to I need to say this. They were amazing parents and they did. They like I've never not felt loved. I've never not felt cared for. I never I've never not I've never like needed something um, that was detrimental to my life. You know, like they provided for me. They gave me a private education, um, give me every opportunity that you know, I could ever ask for mm -hmm. while going through a lot of difficulties themselves, um, you know, and for, I would say um, like detrimental difficulties and they still, you know, never let me feel that pressure. Um, and so this is nothing on them, on my parents. Um, I honestly think they did an incredible job. Um, and however, <laughs> however, um, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> However, yes yeah however i think that um there's always changes that can be made and i think one of those changes um was that i definitely felt growing up um uh, unheard mm. to, to i mean they were too busy yeah, I mean, I like I, I would see my mom, especially when I was growing up, like maybe um, because of because of her job, maybe, you know, on, sometimes on the weekends uh, and my dad would work, um, you know, sometimes he would work uh, like 36 hours straight. 
Um, and so I wouldn't see him for, you know, a few days. Um, and so being an only child uh, and then being an introvert um, and, a Gemini. and a Gemini on top of all that, I, it was like, um, I just, I, I don't know if I got enough attention. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, just to, just to be very blunt, I think it, to, to, if, I mean, without delineating it, right. I just don't think I got a lot of uh, attention until um, I had my general anxiety thing and then they never left my side um and then from there on i don't know if they saw me as like more fragile or you know something but um like things changed um and then from that point it was a struggle to build my own identity because i felt um that they had given me an identity um and it wasn't me it was just their perception um and till this day I, that's still something I struggle with trying to break out and be like, this is like, this is not who I am. Like you guys know me as this person, but that's not who I am at all. Um, and I saw, you know, I don't know, I don't know what you can change with that, but I, something, <laughs> something needed to change. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but um, I honestly haven't done too much diving into that because I'm afraid of what I'm going to find. And I'm afraid, I'm a, you know, I feel very guilty because I know that they did everything they can and that their response was not neglect or not whatever. It was like, what can we do to help this kid? And they did everything they could. Um, I, you know, sometimes I just think my independence was completely lost uh, from that. Um, and it's been a struggle to build that um with that kind of preconception in mind growing up uh, even in university and this is this is something that also comes with my my mom's job is that um like uh, i was very much in the spotlight and so i couldn't even if i wanted to be myself i couldn't and so that image that they had of me was just um fossilized and it, it never changed because I had to be that person in order to make sure that she was safe and, uh, and make sure that I would, I didn't disrespect her or disrespect her position or her, image. or her, or her image because, because I do reflect her image. Um, and especially because of where I went to university, um, all my actions were directly attached to her. Mm. And so I couldn't, I couldn't break that. Well, I I don't know if I want to break it now, but it's it's happened naturally where it's like now it's just, you know, now that I'm not in that circle, what can I do? What do I do? Is this something that I want to do? Is this something that because it's a lot of things I've never been able to experience because of that, you know, mm -hmm. and a lot of it have been uh, not very healthy, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> but like being on some random girl's floor and recording a podcast <laughs> no this is this is actually this is great <laughs> this is actually like this is a lot of fun and it's like not unhealthy like it's not something that's self-destructive you know it's wholesome exactly a lot of my experiences up to this point have not been wholesome and have not been good you know <laughs> because because you're trying to break that at least because i was trying to break that mold or what i don't honestly i don't know but it's like a college 2.0. Yeah, exactly. Because I didn't get a college. And I also, I also didn't get, get a high school. 
Um, you know, so like both of those monumental experiences for most people that are identity forming, I didn't really get to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, yeah, I mean, I don't, how do you, like, how do you, how do you say what you want to change from that? I don't know how to, you know, I don't know what I want to change. It's, it's not a lot, but it might be, <laughs> it might be a lot. I don't know. Uh, I can't quantify it for you. I can't. So yeah, that's why it's a difficult question for me to answer because I honestly don't know what I would want to change. And I don't know if it would be any different because like I'm not, I can't change my parents, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> There's your answer. <laughs> it's an answer. Yeah, it's an answer. It's a good answer. I feel like it's not always easy like we were saying before to like put into words certain emotions and I I think you did a good job appreciate it not that you need the validation but (laughs) uh, yeah I mean it's it's your experience at the end of the day right and I know it's so I always think of like the butterfly effect like if we went back and like changed something like how and I always I literally have a podcast episode on this but it's like to all the versions of myself that will never get to exist yeah that's like every time you make a decision you lose a, a path right yeah um it's like if you had gone to a different school if you had like stayed in high school the whole time like would you be different and yeah. how would that be and would you want to be different like would you like that person better right. because we can't say that too like like I, I always think of like me for example when I was choosing colleges I was choosing between UCLA and Yale and like once I got into Yale kind of I was like, oh, I need to go Ivy because yeah. I need to do like the best that I need to do. Like in at the, in that moment, like that's what my brain said. But I was thinking of like, what if I had never left California? Like, who would I be? Like, would I be the same or would I be completely different? Because I, I definitely think I'm a very independent person now. And, you know, it's it's definitely something to think about. And like you said, like sometimes we can't change anything because maybe we end up being the same person anyway. Right. Yeah. And it's it's a crazy concept. And there's plenty of movies about it and plenty yeah. of songs and poems. I've written a poem about it. But yeah, it's something to think about. Yeah, it is. An entire philosophy. It's like literally, you know, an entire field of study, nature versus nurture. Like, will you be the same even if you did go somewhere else? Like, does it even matter? I think it does, but. I think it does matter. Yeah. But sometimes I'm, I don't know if I'd want to find out. Like, it's one of those yes. like saying blissfully ignorant, like. I know who I am and I know how I turned out. Like, I don't know who I'm going to be in 20 years, right? But I know who I am right now and I kind of like this person. Like, I don't know if I'd want to go down a different path and maybe be someone I don't like as much, you know? Like, maybe I would, you know, maybe that version would like herself the same, but it's like, I don't know. It's... Notion. I love Notion. I love Notion too. I need to show you my Notion. (laughs) Wait. I I have my computer in my car. Are we gonna go to grab? <laughs> we should go for a, a little drive. You wanna go for a drive and just listen to music? I'm down. After this, yeah. Okay. So, so aesthetic. Okay. No, your um, mine is like. Oh yeah, yours is like very very nice. Mine is not like this. Yeah, mine. Mine is very utilitarian. No, I have one for like literally everything. Like. I have I have the same thing. <laughs> I don't have this because I don't know how to do this. But oh, I, do I can have... show you. Yeah, do you want me to show you? Yeah, you have to show me I have to teach Keith too. Like I plan out all the like podcast stuff too. Like usually I um like write down all the stuff that I want. So mm-hmm. this is very unplanned. Okay, I'm gonna stop exposing myself like now. No, I like it. It's uh, 
That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, another similarity. Anyways. Um, okay. Now, question 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained... Okay. Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do question 12, and then we're going to do question 11. And then you have to listen to us. Podcast episode. <laughs> um, completely forgot how to speak for a second when I saw you. No, that's fine. Um, anyways, 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained one quality or ability, what would it be? You can hold it because my arm is getting tired. You're good. Um, man. All that heavy breathing. It's so hard. You can hear me like... <laughs> my apologies to everyone who just got it. <laughs> no, I don't think they're going to apologize. <laughs> oh, no. Let's see. Um, yeah, that's a... I, so we took a little hiatus in the middle of this podcast timing and uh a little walk, a little walk yeah and um one of the things that was mentioned was self-discipline mm-hmm. um and at least on my end and for me uh, i would love to have a much more developed sense of self-discipline structured, structured developed okay yeah it's just i don't know i I feel like i have i'm very very self-disciplined with certain things and i'm not very disciplined self-disciplined with other things and other things i'm purposefully not self-disciplined because i'm exploring Mm. right you mentioned Mm -hmm. that kind of identity thing and so i wish uh the quality i wish i would gain is not necessarily self-discipline but a level of self-discipline that's more in tune with um, what's good for me mm-hmm. and what will make me kind of a better person, you know? So, yeah, I don't know. That's not, So the quality is not self-discipline, but the quality is, is attached <laughs> to self-discipline. Yeah. And it's on, it's on more in the aspect of like, I wish there were certain things I, I better understood about myself and certain things I better understood about the brain so i can understand what i'm doing to myself um so yeah i think those are all things all qualities sub qualities i don't know your turn <laughs> if you go away tomorrow having gained <laughs> any one quality or ability what would it be invisibility just kidding no see because i really thought about this from a superpower yeah. kind of view. <laughs> um so i was gonna say uh you know the teleportation no, that's, my, that's um, mine that's my if i was to have no a it's not that is my literally no have you seen the movie jumper no okay so the movie jumper is about the guy with teleportation and like it's it's with the guy from star wars and uh anakin skywalker the austin okay well that's sad austin something whatever his name is the, the guy who plays powers close no uh it starts with h something but the guy who plays anakin's hawk when he's like in his younger age have you seen harry potter no i was never i wasn't allowed to see it for like religious reasons yeah mm-hmm. yeah would you watch it now or no yeah i i i've seen the first two movies i haven't seen anything past that though so i haven't watched all of harry okay. potter. Yeah. sorry continue just... so, no it's good so the so anyways the, the whole movie is about him having these superpowers mm-hmm. and that was like my dream 
So I'm not lying. Like honestly, having teleportation is also <laughs> something that I enjoy. teleportation. We both want that as our I'm gonna sit a little further away. <laughs> Dangerous. Um, yeah, I think it'd be really cool to just be able to decide to go somewhere for lunch and suddenly you're in Italy eating lunch and then you're back in DC and that'd be crazy. Yeah. That's insane. I mean, if you if I had to take a more like a deeper approach, like a self-discipline. <laughs> Um, if I can, if I, can, um, I don't know if people can hear you laughing. I'm going to have to like sit closer. Uh, no. Um, if I could wake up tomorrow, oh my God, you were touching my arm. Okay. <laughs> I'm not nervous at all. Um, if you could wake up tomorrow, having gained one quality ability, what would it be? Um, I would like to better know how to protect myself because I think a lot of my anxiety stems from fear mm. of like paranoia of something happening to me um and I've been in certain situations where I felt really helpless and I think like I have you know I was in a sorority and one of the things that we did for one of our like weekly meetings was somebody came and was like teaching us self-defense and all that but I want to know like if I could gain one ability tomorrow is just like knowing how to fully protect myself of like in any situation I'd know what to do mm. and I think that would get rid of a lot of my anxiety and a lot of my fear but yeah so you want you want all of life experiences without the baggage or drama trauma that come with life experiences so you know how to react to any situation not like life like just like physically like if I knew how to fight or if I knew how to like so just physical I'll say it like that um <laughs> I just mean like if you were to get to get tied up somewhere, like God forbid, right? Like mm -hmm. I'd want to know how to get myself out of that situation. And, you know, like probably I could right now, but I'd, I'd want to know fully in my head of like, if I were to be put in this situation, because I think that's a big thing. Like being, you know, a woman is just, I'm afraid to go places at night and I'm afraid to like, and I have had experiences where like, you're wearing something completely normal and suddenly you're getting catcalled by like four men and, mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's fucking terrifying you know it, and but it, the bad thing is it's been like that my entire life like the first time I vividly remember being catcalled I was like 10 Ooh. and I I was in Mexico and oh. my family and I we were like putting cement down somewhere in like some family <laughs> as one does during mm -hmm. summer vacation in Mexico <laughs> and <laughs> and I was um I was wearing like my brother's clothes, I remember they were like some really baggy because we were laying down cement. So mm -hmm. we had to wear like shitty clothes. Yeah. So I was wearing these really baggy pants and like I looked like a boy. Like I fully looked like just like a little boy. Um, had my hair tied back and everything. And I walked out of the business because my my family was like, oh, go get like um like a Coke from the local supermarket or something. Mm -hmm. And it was like right at the end of the street. So it wasn't like I was walking far or anything. So they gave me money and they're like, okay, go get it. And at this <laughs> 12 pesos and no, probably not 12, but I don't know, actually um, around 20 pesos is a dollar for all those that don't know currency. <laughs> it might be higher. I think it was really high. <laughs> um, but so I remember I didn't feel fear yeah. when they told me to go yeah. and I walk out and there was this one like fruit market in front of this family business that we were like helping and it had a lot of older men mm -hmm. and it was like a group of maybe 10 of them that were all in this truck 
And I walked out and they started like wolf whistling at me and like trying to get my attention. And I felt fear. Like that was the first time that I was like, I'm afraid of a man because I don't know like what they could do to me. And I remember I like walked to the store, walked back and I like told my parents like, oh, I don't ever want to go out by myself again. And like, it sucks that that's your first, you know, like instead of feeling like I thankfully, like my dad has always been very like protective and everything. And I've never felt afraid necessarily like with my father, like, you know. But it's once you have that fear, like it makes it it gives you a lot of trust issues almost it, like even now I, I wouldn't ever walk like I've had other experiences that have been like way worse than that, which is why I'm like a more paranoid person now. But I wouldn't probably say some of these in the, the podcast because I don't want like all of them. I'll tell you about it later. But um, <laughs> if you want to know, but you might not want to know about it. But yeah, like I I think. I'd want the ability to just be like a badass bitch of like, whatever, you can't do anything to me, like no matter what situation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, let me ask you, do you think, um, do you think that um, by being able to protect yourself physically, you think that will help you emotionally deal with your lack of control better? I think so. I don't know. I I just don't like the feeling of being helpless. Mm. And I I think that really messes me up emotionally sometimes of like, oh, I know that I shouldn't feel this way or I know that I'm like a much stronger person than this. But like when you're put in a position of fear, especially due to somebody else's presence, like really messes you up because at that point, they're not your emotions. They're like, somebody else's emotions being projected onto you, Mm -hmm. whether it be anger, whether it be, you know, like somebody's trying to hurt you, their feelings that moment become yours. And that is manifested as fear. So if somebody is like, if you feel somebody's thinking of attacking you, if you feel that somebody's going to cause harm to you, like obviously your first step is going to be like to protect yourself in some way. But if you don't know, the best way to do that because you also don't want to anger somebody else right and like make the situation Mm -hmm. worse and sometimes it is like psychological warfare almost of like somebody's trying to manipulate you in some way and you're like am i having these emotions because they're mine or because i'm being manipulated or gaslighted to like feel this way Mm -hmm. you know and so that necessarily wouldn't be helped by me knowing how to fight someone, right? Like if somebody's like emotionally manipulating me, but like, I'm just talking more of like, I wish I could just walk outside in the dark and Mm -hmm. not feel afraid. Like that, the whole emotional manipulation aspect is a whole other ability that I wish Mm -hmm. like I could combat that a lot better. But yeah, this is solely of, I'm sick and tired of like, can you walk me out? (laughs) Like, cause it's just, it's, like, I don't feel bad about it anymore. I think um, when I first went to college, I did feel a little like, oh, I hate asking people to like pick me up from somewhere, like go with me. And usually people are pretty nice about it. But right. It only takes one person to make you feel yeah. like you're a burden. And then you're yeah. like, oh, why? Why do I even go outside? Right. Um, because it's not a matter of like coming home alone. It's like, do I go out and potentially have to ask someone to bring me back or do I just not go out at all? Yeah. And I think sadly, a lot of the times like with men not all men right but a lot of the times because they've never had that experience of being afraid they don't understand 
why it's important to necessarily like utilize their privilege to like help <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, that's true. And you, I mean, you see all the time, right? It's like scary dog privilege or, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually really interesting that you say that because on my end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. uh, I have, I've never been afraid. Well, actually I, we can have those later, but when I went to do my work mm-hmm. abroad, <laughs> um, one of the things that uh, I have never felt before was that fear. And I felt it there because um, we were under the threat of death for the, you know, I was there for seven, eight months. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I slept with my passport, $300, a knife and a go bag because there were times where we wouldn't know if we'd get raided. We wouldn't know if mm-hmm. we had people break glass, break the building uh, and try to get at us. And so I had never felt that fear for 20 years, 21 mm-hmm. years until then. And then, um, you know, being back in the States, I don't feel that anymore. But what's interesting is that um, on, on my spectrum, my fear has always been the emotional part mm-hmm. that I don't know. I've never... I've always wanted control over um, like the emotional part of myself and interactions mm-hmm. because I, my fear is not physically being hurt or physically being manipulated. My fear has always been the emotional part because I haven't even been able to control my own mind. Mm-hmm. And so I'm very much sub- subject or at least feel that I'm subject to uh, someone else's ability to manipulate the situation. Yeah. So it's interesting because it's, you know, uh, I've never even thought about the physical part, but the emotional part for me is what mm. uh, is like damning, I guess. The the fear is not of walking outside, but of like talking to someone and not knowing what they want, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely feel like I've learned how to deal with like, if somebody's trying to manipulate me emotionally, I can definitely tell like right away. Like I'm really good at reading energies now. But I think it's because I'm like overcompensating for the fact that, you know, I'm like five, three, like I'm like mm. a barking chihuahua. Like I don't, <laughs> I'm all bark, no bite, you know? And, but it's definitely, it's really tough. And I, I think it's worse when it's someone that you're really close to that you feel that is emotionally manipulating you because you wouldn't expect them to. That's yeah. always like the worst part is, are you saying this to help me? Or are you saying this to like make me to coerce me mm-hmm. almost and i i think that aspect is <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to say it in a few words because <laughs> it's just i don't know and it gives you a lot of trust issues too when somebody yeah. that you trust a lot when you realize that they have manipulated you and you mm-hmm. fell for it you're like why would i trust someone again yeah because it's like the same thing would happen and then you also feel that lack of trust with yourself of oh i didn't see the signs yeah. And that affects your confidence and that affects your ability to like make connections with new people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it, it's to the point where it's like you start to doubt your own self because you're like, mm-hmm. well, do I even know a what people want or how what my reaction is going to be? Like, can I even control that? Yeah, you don't know, you know, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, that's that's very true. I, I, you know, I have a quite I have a another question for you. That's going to pull the rope back a little bit. Okay. Um, so if you were to, if you could teleport, <laughs> I'll pull it back really far. Emotional manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay. No, no. What would your method be? So would it be like, you just think, or would you have like, oh, I want to, you see the place mm. or would it be like, 
you have to go into machine or would it be like See, when you said that i thought machine but then i i think i want it to be more like maybe not thinking because i think about a lot of places all, all the time and i wouldn't want to be like oh my god like <laughs> suddenly i'm like right there yeah. um but i i think it would be sort of like a meditation almost like you, mm. you would sit down and maybe you like see an image and you like close your eyes you like mm. visualize yourself there with the intention of being there and i think you show up there but i, I think if it was just like you know you could see a freaking picture of mm. lord knows what and suddenly we're there and it's like i don't know if i wanted to be there you know you're yeah. like watching some movie in school you mm -hmm. like see some something really terrible suddenly you're there like i wouldn't want that yeah. um machines would be inconvenient and they yeah. wouldn't be accessible to a lot of people yeah. so if we're thinking about ex you know i'm always thinking of accessibility i'm always thinking of like minority communities like how how could they also <laughs> get teleportation so i think it'd be i want it to be more like meditation mm -hmm. very intentional yeah very intentional there's a process a ritual to be there is the, the word of the night. yeah i love that word <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah okay sorry I, I pulled it back far but you're good and what about you yeah uh what was the question no like what teleportation like what method oh. you want to <laughs> <laughs> i was like uh okay um <laughs> oh no Dev <laughs> devolving <laughs> yeah <laughs> Sorry, teleportation. I lost it again. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. You looked at me. I was gone. <laughs> you can't use my own line. <laughs> Come up with a new one. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, I think it'd be similar. So what I was thinking was you have to like, it's two part. So you have to see an image mm -hmm. and then you have to like think about being there. Okay. Um, even if it's not like a physical image, if you can see in your mind, but you also have to mm -hmm. really think about being there as well. That way you don't have to like, carry pictures around intentional yeah gotta be intentional yeah exactly i do i like that word too that's a good word okay so what should we do should we stop? you gotta ask the last question okay this will be a tough one take four minutes i'm gonna time time There's it no and my best reader voice take four minutes and tell your partner you're my you're my partner now. Um, your life story in as much detail as possible. Oh, that's four hours. Then we do not want four hours. Um, yeah. You go first. I'm timing it. It's gonna be tough because okay, speed round. So uh, I mentioned earlier, there's like six major points in my life that mm -hmm. kind of helped define me. I'm gonna talk about four of them. One of them was the the kind of general anxiety disorder. Mm -hmm huge portion of my life has been around that and dealing with that and figuring out how to navigate life with um like just the symptoms and things that are involved with generalized anxiety disorder the next thing uh that was a huge kind of moment in my life was my transfer from freshman year to sophomore year um of university mm -hmm. um when i came into university i had wanted to do this like nine to five job, as I mentioned, I had no idea what I want to do. And then yeah. I found out something that I loved, which was, um, you know, research or science. And um, it completely changed the way I viewed the world. Because uh, it was like a point of like, oh, I am no confidence, whatever. And now this huge kind of shift of like, oh, this is something I'm capable of, something I enjoy doing. And this could even be a career if it's, you know, uh, if I enjoy it that much. 
So that was a huge part that gave me confidence, gave me the ability to think for myself and so on and so forth. Uh, the next huge step was when I, when I did my stuff abroad mm-hmm. um, and that gave me a huge um, like confidence in myself as a person, not as an emotional being, but as a human being and like a, in the physical world, mm-hmm. because I went through a lot of stuff that um, like, or just really traumatic stuff when I was there. Um, mostly because of the area we were at, there was just pretty terrible stuff that was going on, including like sex trafficking and um, very like clear, um, like, I don't know how to say this without- Should we like trigger warning? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, trigger warning. I mean, it's it, yeah, I don't know what the trigger will be, but yeah, I'll just go ahead. Um, we were in an area, we were not supposed to be there because of our religion. Uh, the area is uh, Islamic and we are Christian. And so going in there, we technically weren't supposed to be in there. So everything we did, we did in secret. And we, we were doing good stuff. It wasn't like we we're doing anything crazy. We, were, we weren't even uh, evangelizing. We we're just there um, working and volunteering with the local community. But um, we were, I mean, it's, we were hunted basically. Like we would, there was people on trucks with fully armored with masks like you know basically looking for people like us to either imprison or or make disappear or you know uh, other other stuff um and at one point one of our members of our community did disappear um they fell off the face of this earth and what last time we had heard they had been basically taken by the president's uh, like group of individuals oh and and was intentionally disappeared like they like we never heard from them again till this day it's been like three years never like they're gone and so we were we were we were like working under the threat of that under the threat of death essentially um so that was a huge point in my life because they came back and i came back i felt like i came back a man like i felt like i had you know done something that uh i never thought of like i could do mm-hmm experience stuff I never thought I could experience. And I came back and I felt, you know, very confident in my, myself and whatever. So that was a huge point as well. The last point is this has been this year mm-hmm. where I have transitioned from a sh- like being under someone's shadow, mm-hmm. as we mentioned uh, with the, the, you know, the having to be under someone's image. Mm-hmm. And then now coming into like, well, what does it mean to be me? What am I okay with? What do I enjoy? Like, good yeah i'm gonna yeah uh (laughs) what do i enjoy like what are some what are how do i how am i actually right Mm -hmm. and then what can i discover about myself Mm -hmm. um as an adult as an adult right exactly and as as with the freedoms that i have and with the with the baggage that i carry and with like what does it mean to be me Mm -hmm. um and so those those have been four huge points in my life Uh, well actually and yeah i mean Another one was COVID. During COVID time, that was, you know, um, I, I had a panic attack every week during during COVID because of the the stuff that was going on around my life. And um, uh, that was, you know, after I came back from that abroad stuff. So it destroyed me again. And I had to kind of rebuild myself from that year and then now discover myself again. So yeah, that's a that, but that's a whole. I mean, honestly, the four minutes for life story is not. It's not enough. It's not enough. Well, especially um, for twenty three years. Yeah, yeah, and honestly, like the past five years really have been like 
have been just like there's so much that has been going on so uh yeah that's that's my five minutes <laughs> oh my i don't know if i can i can do it it's it's yeah it's what do you skip you know i have to think about it for a second my stomach's also making a lot of noises yeah you hear my yeah oh, i didn't hear you. Yeah. i can't hear anything honestly oh, yeah. <laughs> i'm wearing the headphones so i can hear the mic guys so i don't hear anything uh I feel kind of bad. I mean, I'm your glad, voice sounds actually. nice over here. So. Yes. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, however you guys are listening to this, this is how I'm also hearing <laughs> Um For better or for worse. Um, for better. Um, <laughs> I need to stop having you up, man. People are going to say I'm a, I'm a simp. <laughs> I can't look at you. Um, oh, my God. I really... Wait, let me, like, think about my life for a second. Um... I feel like I've really said my life. St- okay, I guess I'll, I'll try. I'll try. No. Are you keeping track? No. Man, I kept track for no. you. Um. Okay, my life story. Uh. So, like I said before, I was born to two uh, Mexican immigrant parents. My parents met in the same small town in Mexico. Uh, most of my family's still there. And then they came to the U.S. And the way that they came to the U.S., um, my grandpa was a bracero. And so he was working as a farm worker. So that's how um, my my mom's side of the family all got their citizenship and everything. And then my dad started working as a truck driver. But, you know, he always tells the story of. Um, so this is technically not my life story, but it starts with them. Yeah. Um, so my dad was trying to go into medicine in Mexico. He started med school and everything. And, you know, he has I want, want to do a podcast with him because his stories, both of their stories are insane. But um he was he had a, a dairy farm and mm. he needed money for med school because he had married my mom they were thinking of starting a family so he decided to like sell some of his uh cows to somebody and they end up essentially robbing him mm-hmm. they take everything and you know it's mexico so they're like if you report this like we're gonna murder you and your whole mm-hmm. family and so my dad has to make a decision like either he stays completes his dream and you know risks his life and the life of his family or he moves to the U.S. and he you know leaves everything behind and my dad never wanted to come to the United States like it wasn't he told that to my mom and suddenly he was like I I choose my family at the end of the day and I I interviewed him for something in college and I asked him I was like do you regret the decisions you've made because you never got to be a doctor and he began working as a garbage truck driver and that that was a really monumental thing for our family because you know the the way you see the adults in your life is the way that you're going to end up like seeing yourself as well with the choices you make and I think seeing the amount of courage that my parents had really encouraged me to be very brave in all my decisions and so when I asked my dad do you regret your decision he was like no because I got to be your dad Mm -hmm. and I, I think about that all the time of that means something that means something and so like that happens we come here my parents have um my siblings and I am I'm born the youngest out of four and whether I like it or not that does you know become Mm -hmm. part of my personality (laughs) (laughs) and but I it was interesting because I'm 13 years apart with my oldest sister six years apart with one of my brothers, four years apart with another one of my brothers. So my brother, Martin, who he's been on the podcast before, he graduates high school as I'm about to come in. And he graduates valedictorian 
gets into every single school he applied to, like Harvard, Stanford, every single school gets in. First Latino valedictorian in our high school gets interviewed by the news. Like it's a huge thing. So I come in and I'm Martin's little sister. Mm -hmm. I have no name to myself. And everyone's like, oh, Martin said you were smarter than him. Mm -hmm. So everybody expects me to go above and beyond be valedictorian. I start to be really badly bullied from the age of, I don't know, around 10. And I, I have a vivid memory looking in the mirror when I'm around like 11, 12. And I just see myself and I start sobbing because I think I'm like the ugliest human being. No, like I it's so sad. It's so sad. And I was a really chubby kid growing up and I was made fun of a lot for it. <laughs> OK, OK, I'll keep going. Um, but so from that age, I already have this image of who I am and I hate her. I absolutely detest her. And so I start to get bullied and I feel like I deserve it. I, I really do. So I just accept anything people say to me. And at this point, we don't have a ton of money. Like I grew up in a, a pretty like middle class family. You know, my dad had to work crazy hours to be able to support a family. And my mom, she was a teacher. She was my preschool teacher. And then she got laid off. So my dad was the only person that was working. So, you know, my dad would, would he would wake up um, at around 3 a.m., go to work at 5 a.m. And he'd come back at 5 or 6 p.m. And, and like, that was, that was our life. Like I'd, I'd go home. Like my mom was always the one at home. My dad was always working, but like he spent as much time with us as he could, even though he was exhausted. Um, but so because of this, we started to go thrifting a lot because we couldn't afford new clothes. And I hated it. I hated it because a lot of people would make fun of me for it. And I remember these one girls at school that were supposed to be my friends. They start this rumor that I get all my clothes from the trash because my dad's a garbage truck driver. So I told my mom, I don't want to go thrifting anymore. Like I hate it. I don't want to do it. Um, and she's like, this is all we can afford. And I'm like, I don't like we got to go to a store. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, we got to we got to do something else. And I don't tell her that it's because I'm being so badly bullied about this. But like it creates such a and I love thrifting now, like this whole outfit's thrifting. Yeah, but um, true, yeah. yeah, like at the at, in the moment that becomes like such a fundamental aspect. Um, so that happens. And high school, I'm being bullied end up being valedictorian like I said before and I I don't know how to feel about it because I'm I've, I've been I don't know who the fuck I am like sorry for the language guys but um so at this point I'm like okay I'm supposed to be good at school this is the one thing that I know that I can do I go to Yale and I feel terrible at Yale I feel super stupid at Yale like I'm with all these super wealthy kids and a lot of these people have private tutors like that they've carried on. They've been in private school their whole life. Like nothing wrong with private school, but I was coming from a public high school where there was 500 kids in my class. I've only ever been in public high school. Like I was on the free lunch. Like I don't, I, we didn't come from a lot of money. And suddenly there's these people that, you know, vacation in France and mm -hmm. they do all these things. And even like you go on dates with guys and they like, they're like, so where do you vacation with your family? And I'm like, oh, like I go to Mexico. And they're like, okay, I go to the Swiss house. I'm like, oh, okay, I'm never going to see you again. Bye. Yeah. Um, there, oh, there's this crazy story. There was this one guy that had like his own plane. It was, I ghosted him. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> insane. How, do you, how do you even connect with him? It's such a different life. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird. But it, it, so this happens. I'm in college um feeling stupid feeling stupid pandemic hits feel the most alone i've ever felt in my entire life i have to go back home mm -hmm. so i was like in boston when the pandemic hit um and so i go back home i like book a last minute flight i'm home and i like what you were saying about like having panic attack like i i genuinely like i remember there was a moment where I felt so terrible, I, I went and hid under, because I didn't feel like I have had privacy in my house. Mm -hmm. um, I went and sat under my desk and I just sobbed. Mm -hmm. And I was like, 
things are never going to get better. Like COVID's going to be here forever. Like never going to go back to school. Like everything that I've wanted, everything that I've worked so hard for isn't going to happen. End up going back senior year. I am also working. So um, I was living in a house where there was four of us, but I was the only person enrolled. Mm -hmm. So everybody else was taking a gap year, but they were working like nearby or whatever. Um, so I'm taking full-time classes. I'm doing my thesis research. And then I'm also working on the weekends. And I was working grading math P-sets for a class. And so, you know, my roommates, my friends are like, oh, we should go hang out and do this, do this. I'm like, I can't. Yeah. If I don't work, I can't pick groceries. Yeah. If I can pick groceries, I can't eat. Like, and I feel like almost they resented me for it, but I'm like, I don't care. Like I need to, I need to work like, yeah. because, um, I had gotten back the money for room and board to be able to pay rent, yeah. but I knew that my parents, my dad retired in 2020. So we lost a significant amount of money for our yeah. family. My mom wasn't working. And like, I, like I, we were talking about being fresh in, like it was on me. Yeah. Like I, I, my parents had given me everything. Like yeah. it was time I gave back. So that happens. I'm really trying. I know this is more than five minutes. I'm sorry. And no, that's not why I'm laughing. I'm laughing because well, we, I want to talk, I want to talk about this with you later and you're going to mm -hmm. laugh because it's like okay. and cra crazy how similar. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. Um, okay. So I'm working at senior year. Um, crazy experience. Senior mm -hmm. year was insane. Insane in a bad way, mm -hmm. like in an absolutely terrible, horrendous, like I had felt alone during the pandemic. This, I just feel completely like it's that feeling when you're in a room surrounded by people and nobody sees you mm -hmm. and nobody knows how you're feeling. And no, like you could be screaming your lungs out and nobody hears you. That's how it felt. And like, I wasn't going to therapy anymore. And I was like, I need something to make me feel hurt, which is when I started writing. And that writing carried on into like after college, I went back home after graduation and I told my parents I, I want to start working but you know the pandemic was still going on and my parents are older they had my mom had me when she was when, like 39 mm -hmm. and so I knew that I wasn't going to be able to do because the pandemic since it was still going on I was like anytime I go out it's a potential exposure to my parents and we hadn't gotten COVID yet mm -hmm. we got COVID like December 2021 like mm -hmm. Christmas and so I was really afraid of that. So I was like, okay, I can't go out to hang out with people. Like that, that isn't a thing to me because I don't want to risk my parents getting sick. My dad has diabetes. Like my mom has all these things. Like it, it just wasn't worth it to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to be stuck here for a year, essentially. Like, you know, it, and I accepted it and I, I couldn't afford to go somewhere else because then I'd have to ask my parents for money. And, you know, I was studying for the MCAT mm -hmm. and then took the MCAT um, May of 2021 though I'll be sending have you taken the MCAT already yeah. okay so you, you know what I'm talking about um, but so I tell my parents this social media because they were telling me you're wasting too much time on social media just focus completely on studying and I was like this is going to be something mm -hmm. I know that this is going to be something and I might not make like millions of dollars this year and even if I don't make money this is going to save someone this is yeah. going to make a difference in somebody's life because I know it's helping me and even if it just helps me, that's enough. Yeah. And so I go from posting, like I'm posting maybe five, six times a day. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they're really stupid videos that I, I'm just like, oh, whatever, like this funny trend. Um, and then I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to do trends anymore because you never know what the purpose is when somebody starts a trend and it could be harmful. And so I start to see it from that way. And I'm like, no, I want to create something that's mine. Yeah. That's original. And maybe it connects with people, maybe not. And so I posted the, the poem about hating first dates. 
people love it. People are like, oh my God, this is amazing. Post the first gen phone, people love it. Post the like having your parents be warriors and seeing them in that way when they're immigrants. People love that. So many people are resonating with all of these words that I'm saying. And it's incredible because it blows up on TikTok. I start posting these videos on Instagram and I was really insecure about it because, you know, Instagram, like everybody that I knew at that moment Mm -hmm. had my, like it was private or it was like personal, I guess. So I start posting these videos. And one of the first ones that I posted was the first gen poem. And even people that knew me were like, this means something. This, this is important that you shared this. And I even shared it on like my Facebook so that like my teachers could see. And they were like, you have no idea like how much we resonate with this. I was like, this is crazy. Like people that know me, like this is making a difference. And so continue that in, you know, like things progress in the way they progress. And now I find myself in DC um, with some pretty cool opportunities. (laughs) And I've continued it because I, I, I think it's important. Like it's something like greater than myself at this point. And, you know, it, it's weird. Like it must have been weird for you to see, like to follow me and be like, she has so many followers. Like I have no idea what she does. And I, I think so many people assume that it's for superficial reasons of like, oh, like maybe she just thrashed. Like, yeah, there's a couple, right? But, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, I, that, that's the real reason that. <laughs> Stop. Stop laughing. Um, <laughs> you're like, I'm gonna go look for those later. No. <laughs> um, but so that that's something that's been and also just like having curly hair, like having curlier hair, right? It's like wavy curly. Like being able to show myself in in a way that gets, you know, like so many people can see it. Mm-hmm. Like I hated my hair growing up because I never saw somebody with it. I didn't know how to take care of it because I, I like my mom has super curly hair. My sister has super curly hair. I didn't know somebody that necessarily had hair exactly like mine. And so I saw that as being ugly because mm-hmm. I didn't have straight hair. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, I would try to straighten my hair. Mm-hmm. And now I get comments that are like, I used to hate my hair, but now I think it's beautiful because it looks good on you. And I'm like, Fuck. <laughs> like yeah. damn, like, how are you going to make me cry? Like a Sunday morning, man. Mm-hmm. But, um, so stuff like that is is why I uh, I do the social media thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so then that was a uh, way more than four minutes. <laughs> it was uh, it was just long enough. Yeah. And that's not my whole life story. That's the the gist. We went on a few tangents there. But um uh, what do you think, Shaveen? Go on an actual <laughs> You can actually get out. I actually, I, I want to, I want to reflect. I want to reflect because there's some things that, um, that uh, are very interesting. Uh, one, one being that you mentioned, and I was actually kind of thinking of this was you were saying, but the tide, the tide that came with social media and that became something that you mentioned is bigger than you, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I, I wonder what that means for you a year from now. Um, you know, I, that's, that's something that's, that's interesting to me is I wonder what that is going to mean to you a year from now. And if it's there, so have you read Ender's Game? Mm-mm. Okay. So Ender's Game is, is my favorite book series. And um, there's like 13 books or something like ridiculous. And um, sci-fi, had you know, do you know what it is at least? I think I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay. So one of the, one of the books, um, I think it's Xenocide uh, or no, the Speaker of the Dead. Um, if whoever's, if you're interested, one one of the things is there's this character in the book, and he he 
begins this, like this, not revolution, but this system of thought with a group of people. And the writer um, begins to describe. So have you ever been like in a, like uh, in a really, there's a psych, there's a term for it in psychology. It just on my mind, but um, like, have you ever been like in a place where you become a part of the crowd where the crowd just kind of oh, overtakes you and you just, about. like you just like her mentality. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So very, yeah. So very close to her mentality, more like mob, more like, it's more like mob mentality where mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you lose, um, you lose, uh, oh my God, my <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you lose like a, a piece of your, of your um, identity and you become kind of like whatever the uh, with the crowd. Is. Okay. Mm-hmm. So he's, he describes this, but he describes it in one paragraph. And so mm-hmm. he goes, he, he describes this character who's at the head of this, this huge group of people. And he describes the thumping of the heart and the, the thumping of the heart is matching. Right? Mm-hmm. The entire crowd is, is matching with the, the same exact beat of the mm-hmm. heart. Right. And it grows and it grows and it grows. And then all of a sudden, um, control is lost, and all of a sudden, the 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 crowd um, overtakes him, and oh, the, the crowd actually kills him. They because they they stampede him. Um, and so hopefully that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> yeah, and so that's a long-winded way of saying I wonder from a year now, you know, a year from now, what that looks like. Obviously, they won't, you know, they can't physically overtake. Guys, them. I'm deactivating away. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, you know, these group of people can't like physically like this is the over. last episode of the month. <laughs> but you know, emotionally, and I, you know, I wonder uh, if there's if there's gonna be a point that um, you know, there's like a, a swell so big that mm. you become a um a slave to your audience. I have thought about that before <laughs> because it's like um like why am I posting the things that I'm posting? Like, am right. I posting it for me or for someone else? And I try to to really have that check with myself mm. whenever I'm like posting something like something like this. Somebody could be like, "Oh, you're posting this for content." Maybe I was just looking for an excuse to talk to you. You know, like yeah. um, I'll take you to one. <laughs> I'll take you to one. I, I appreciate I appreciate any excuse to to get to talk to you. So that's good. Yeah, but so like something like this, it's um like it's really hard to to maintain an authentic identity when you're doing social media because there's so many people that are inauthentic right so like you could see someone and be like oh like they're not actually like that like it must be like some facade Mm -hmm. but like I I try so hard to be exactly who I am on like the person I am online Mm -hmm. she's there because I exist in person Mm -hmm. like it's 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 a mirror Mm -hmm. it's not like a some skewed image it's it's exactly who I am because it's like there's there's no one else I could be you know mm-hmm. and I, I think that's really tough and I, I've dealt with some people that even when they know me in real life and like I'm interacting with them they're like oh I feel like one of your followers mm-hmm. I'm like why like mm-hmm. they almost make me feel like I'm doing something wrong mm-hmm. just by sh- like expressing who I am and that really fucks with me because I'm like oh am, am I the problem like am I doing something wrong mm-hmm. by in- like by telling you who I am by telling you all these stories by like sending you pictures of things that I take or like sending like, oh, I had this photo shoot today. Like, here's this picture. And like that hurts me a lot more than like some crowd mentality from people that I don't know. Mm-hmm. If somebody that I don't know 
like says something or it becomes something and they try to like overtake me as you were saying mm -hmm. that doesn't matter to me because i'm like okay at the end of the day like i'm alone in my room like there's mm -hmm. the two of us recording this mm -hmm. right at the end of the day like nobody else is here and but if you were to say like oh i don't know you sound kind of like fake to me and be like ah, like shit man like that hurt um so I, i think that's the difference of because it's not this constantly like you're seeing all these people that it, I don't think that would happen because it's like I would much rather just if I felt that it was affecting me and affecting who I am in person then I would I would stop it mm. um and I would like you know maybe leave the poems maybe not like just yeah like I am very firm on like protecting myself and protecting my my energy and my well-being and it's taken me a long time to get here so it's you gotta put yourself first and you know content baby content but sanity baby sanity like, you, you gotta do it you gotta do and i'm very thankful that in this journey i've met some very cool people that have a lot more followers than i do that you know i could facetime them right now and they look exactly how they do on their you know pictures they are so fucking hilarious mm -hmm. they're like exactly who they are and that has given me a lot of confidence to be exactly who i am mm -hmm. Even yeah. with goggles. Even. <laughs> oh, oh God. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad you can't see I'm blushing right now. <laughs> I can. They they may they may not be able to see, but I can. No, you can't. I'm wearing blush. This is blush. This is makeup. Yeah, but your forehead is turning red. No, it's not. <laughs> um. <laughs> Okay, anyways, um did that answer your question? It, yeah, it did. I mean, well, yeah, it was it was a very open very yeah, um succinct way of, of answering that. Yeah, it was complete. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Should we uh say till next time? Yeah. Okay, that was the end of um set one <laughs> of 36 questions that lead to love. Um, it's leading somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> um, with that, yeah, I think we'll we'll pick this up at a different moment. Um, I'm excited to hear the rest of the, yeah. the answers. We're definitely gonna finish it. Yeah. Okay. Just not. It's 11:28 p.m. now. I don't know. We started this a lot earlier. Um, this is probably gonna have multiple parts. Um, it, it, it better. I don't know. It's it's. We've been here for like three hours. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having fun. Yeah. No, I, I'm definitely having fun. I don't know if anyone want to listen to uh <laughs> when once in one set three hours, but yeah. I I think we're pretty entertaining. Really? I, I appreciate that. I, I, I you, would... don't, you don't feel entertaining? No, I, I don't. Do you feel entertained? Yes, of course. Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah. I feel entertained. <laughs> so then we're entertaining. I know. I really had to <laughs> eye you to get that answer out. It's like, do you feel am I boring you? <laughs> are you not entertained <laughs> no. <laughs> no okay with that said um any last words for this set um sayonara <laughs> die hard come on <laughs> okay bye little darling it's been a long cold lonely winter little darling it feels like you since it's been here here comes the sun, doo 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 doo, here comes the sun.